You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Today we are starting a brand new series on the book of Colossians, All and Nothing, not All or Nothing. How many of you are familiar with the term All or Nothing? Yung mga mahilig magsugal, okay? And then, yung mga mahilig tumaya, okay? All or nothing, okay? But this is about all and nothing. Really, you know, when you, you talk about the book of Colossians, it talks about the supremacy of Christ. It talks about Christ's preeminence. And, you know, these two words are kind of like ironic. Magkaiba to, di ba? When you say all, all means completely. It's full. And yet, when you say nothing, nothing means nothing, right? Not anything. There's nothing. Nada. Right? Wala. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, wala. Yeah? Okay? So, what does this mean? We're gonna go through seven weeks. Okay? We've just finished the Ten Commandments. And how many of you appreciate long series right now? Uh, this is another long series for you guys. Uh, that's why my admonishment, my encouragement for you is to go and read the book of Colossians. We only have four chapters in Colossians. You can actually finish it in one reading. But this book is really a book that is so rich with theology and at the same time, practical living. And that's the reason why we're taking the time to really uh, divide the Word and really break it down into seven weeks so that we will know and find out how we can apply the Word of God in our lives. And so, this is all about supremacy of Christ, that, you know, in Jesus, it's, you know, in Christ, we have all sufficiency. There's nothing more than we need apart from Jesus. How many of you believe that? How many of you are Christians? Please raise your hand. Okay? We are believers. We're Christians. The very fact that we carry the name of Christ reflects on who is our Lord. He is the one who's not just Lord over us, but what we're saying is there's nothing more that we want and there's nothing more that we need because you are complete and you are the one who finished the work on that cross. You know, this series is really all about Jesus. This entire series, Apostle Paul took the time to really uh, lay out and uh, expound on who Jesus is, the personhood of Christ, the work of Christ on the cross. What was He here for? His work on redemption, His work on atonement. And you know, maybe some of these things are big words, but I hope that we come to church realizing and appreciating why we are here for. Sana hindi lang tayo nagpupunta sa church because maganda yung music, masarap yung aircon, malambot yung upuan. Magandang katabi ko. Tito mo yung katabi mo nga. Oy, di ba? So, asawa mo yan, dapat maganda talaga yan, di ba? Okay, so, it's not about just that. And I hope that we grow deeper in our walk with God in who Jesus is in our lives. Amen. That when you talk about Christ and when you talk about church, it's more than just an experience that we have. And I realize that yes, the Holy Spirit is here always constantly moving in our midst, in our worship. And how many of you love worshiping the Lord, right? You know, we love the presence of God. We love the experience. You know, sometimes when you worship God, you have goosebumps, right? At the back of your nape. Parang sa likod, woo! Parang, wow, tumatay yung balahibo mo. Masina konti lang, di ba? So, but yet, we realize that as a church, we have to know more than that. We have to know who Christ is. We have to know the personhood of Christ, what He gave for us, the sacrifice that He did on the cross. And why is it that we can actually say that He is all that we need? We need nothing else but Christ alone. 
But the question for us this afternoon is, how do we view Jesus? When you talk about Jesus, when you hear the word Jesus, how do we view Him? Is He kind of like a genie and a bottle? Na, you know, parang he will give you three wishes. Diba? When you talk to Him, Lord, three wishes lang ako, okay na ako. Okay, you, when you say a prayer, you treat Him like a, maybe a vendo machine. That when you think that you, when you pray, it's kind of like you, you utter a prayer. It's like putting a coin in a vendo machine and out comes your answer to prayer. Some people treat him like a security guard. Lord, pakibantayin yung bahay, magpapakasyon muna kami. You know, protect our house. You know, parang security guard si Lord. No? Parang, you know, who is Jesus really in our lives? And what is his significance in our lives? And so, we try to summarize this statement, all and nothing, by saying this, as we understand who Jesus is and all. Everybody say all. And all that he has done for us, we will realize that there is nothing. Everybody say nothing. There is nothing more that we would ever need. In fact, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He is the only one that we need. Amen. He is all in all. He is complete in Himself. If you have Jesus, guess what? You have everything else that your heart should desire for. In fact, I would go out on a limb by saying everything minus Jesus equals nothing. If you have everything in this world, yet you don't have Christ, you have nothing. Is that the only value that we have? The most valuable person in the universe is Christ Himself because He is the image of the invisible God. We're going we're gonna to be talking about this in the next seven weeks. As I said earlier, we're all Christians. Our name itself bear the name of Christ. But can you imagine, if you remove the word Christ from Christian, ano matitira? I-A-N. Ano sabihin nun? I am nothing. Remove Christ from us. We are nothing. He is the vine. We are the branches. You know, apart from Him, there's nothing good in us. He is complete. We are complete in Him. Alright? Now, how many of you, by the way, know the difference between complete and finish? You know, I came from a couple's retreat and I realized that if you look at the English language, it seems like complete is the same as finish. And the meaning of finish is the same as complete. But I realized that there's a big difference between complete and finish, especially among the couples. If you found the right woman, you are complete. If you found the wrong woman, you are finished. (laughs) Now, if the right woman found you with the wrong woman, you are completely finished. <laughs> Yun ang difference noon, okay? But back to the word, okay? <laughs> because really, in essence, Jesus is complete. He is all in all. He is everything that we need. In fact, if you look at this particular statement, just to give us a quick summary statement, or maybe like a slogan, you know, what all and nothing means is, Christ above all, Nothing more, nothing less. Can we say these words with me? Christ above all, nothing more, nothing less. Say it again one more time. Christ above all, nothing more, nothing less. He's everything that we need. The name of Jesus is the sweetest name of all. And I hope that every single day that you wake up, you will feel more in love with Jesus. And we're not just fanatics here. I hope that we, you know, guess what? Every one of us are freaks for something. 
we are actually head over, it's over something, whether you're a gadget guy or someone who loves food, or you're a foodie, whatever. You know, I am, we're all fools for something. The question is, who's fool are you? I'd rather be a fool for Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus is everything that we need. That's why I believe that in the next seven weeks, we're going to have a greater appreciation of who Jesus is. But sometimes, you know, we're so familiar with Jesus and we're saying, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my God. But is He really the only one that we worship? Is He really the only one that is preeminent in our lives? Because many times, Jesus can be prominent, but He is not preeminent. There's a big difference. You're always saying, ah, Jesus, you know, if you pray, uh, for example, for a parking, Jesus, bigin mo naman ako ng parking. And then, wow, someone comes out. Thank you, Jesus. Diba? We always remember Him. When you ask for your provision, Jesus, I pray God that you would provide for our daily needs. And guess what? Because He is faithful, He will provide. And so we remember He's prominent. But the question is, is he preeminent? Preeminent means he is superior above all things. He surpasses all. There's nothing that can compare to him. He is preeminent. And he is, there's all sufficiency. All sufficiency is, you know, he's given us everything that we need in life and godliness. Jesus sometimes can actually be put in a corner together with our other things that we kind of like worship. You know, some of us, you know, believe that we need this cute little bunny rabbit that is, you know, a, a hip-hop rapper, you know, that can actually bring about wealth to us. You know, feng shui is not Christianity. And guess what? I'm going to be direct in this series. And I don't mean to offend anyone because it's not me who's really offensive. The Bible says the gospel is offensive. And the cross is offensive to those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. And so, when we say that, you know, and many times what we did was, we're always wanting to be politically correct. We, yeah, we respect your belief, and you respect mine, but somehow there's a problem with that. What you call there is pluralism. Everybody say pluralism. Okay, it's the opposite of singular, right? Plural. Pluralism is really the belief that says that all roads lead to heaven anyway, and your belief system is right, and so is my belief system. And so if you believe in this God, I respect that, and yeah, you're going to heaven someday, and if I believe my God, Jesus, please respect mine as well. But guess what? That is not what the Bible says. There is only one God that we serve, according to that song. And His name is Jesus. And His name is the God who created all things. He is Yahweh, the one who created us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is the Creator, the Mighty One, the Almighty One. Unfortunately, nowadays, people would rather worship the created things rather than the Creator Himself. I'm not mad, by the way. I love you enough to speak the Word of God to us. Amen. And so many times what we do is we try to, you know, that's one form of belief. Pluralism. It's religious tolerance. I'll tolerate you, you tolerate me. I'll tolerate your belief, I'll tolerate mine. You know, is this 
arrogance that we can actually say that Christianity is the religion? Not at all. It's not us who's saying that. Jesus himself said that. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. There's no one under heaven by which men can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. And I hope that as we come together today that we can be clear about our faith. That we can be clear about the, the belief that we have. Yes, we are Christians and God commanded us to love other people. How many of you know that as children of God, as Christians, as believers, we, are, we ought to love other people? But love does not mean that you agree with their beliefs. You love them. You show care for them. And by doing that, you reach out to them so that they will be attracted as well with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What other forms of mindsets or ideologies do we have? Have you seen this frog? You know, on a, on a counter, you know, you know uh, with coins. You know, it's like a wealth uh, magnet, according to some people. That somehow, if you have this, swear tea. <laughs> or people still believe in horoscope. You know, I am a Christian, I am a, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe in, you know, I am a Capricorn, you know, I was born in January 3, you know. And I grew up thinking this way. I read the stars. Today, the stars will align and you will meet your special someone in church, three rows ahead of you, on the right side. Look right now. You know, wow. Hanap ka namang ganon, di ba? I mean, is it really harmful for us to believe in such, or harmless lang ba to? Eh, ito lang naman, pastor eh. Ito lang naman, pwede ko naman sigurong gawin to. You know, it doesn't hurt me. It, I don't hurt anyone. Jesus is my Lord. But yet, I also subscribe <laughs> to these things. You know how it is. You know, you have to know the will of God. The will of God through the horoscope. <laughs> or amulets. Anting-anting. Pastor, pinadedicate ko naman to eh. Wow. Pinadedicate. Iba. And you feel like when you wear this, you're protected. Like a bunny's foot or whatever. Bunny's tail or bunny's ears. I don't know what else, okay? Kawawa naman yung bunny. You know, you have all this. You know, I grew up wearing a miraculous medal. My mom actually put it on me as a young boy because I, you know, got through some spiritual problem then. And so what they did was they put some miraculous medal and they said, that's always wear this because it will ward off evil things from your life. So as a young boy, kailangan ko to. Hindi ko bibitawan to. You know, I grew up, even almost like a teenager, I still believe that I was wearing that. And I realized, why will I put my faith in a small thing that is created by man and not in the one who created all things, which is Jesus himself? Or maybe some of us still, you know, have this little statuette. Santo Nino, eh, cute siya, pastor, eh. Baby naman, eh. Hindi ka naman ginagalaw niya, eh. 
You know, I grew up in Tondo and we celebrate the Feast of the Santo Niño every, every year, every January. I am familiar with this. But is that the proper representation? You know, that's why I'm saying that Jesus should not just be prominent. Eh, Jesus is Lord naman ako eh. Plus all. Jesus plus all these things. You know, we talked about pluralism, but I call this syncretism. Everybody says syncretism. When you tend to synchronize all the different beliefs and what you're doing is you're making your own religion. Oh, I like this. Let me have that from feng shui. Oh, I like this. Let me just practice that from astrology. Oh, I like this. Let me practice that. And this is now my own personal religion. But wait, Jesus is above all them, all of them. Si Lord nasa ibabaw. He is my first, the first in my heart. Hello. Guess what? We cannot have any synchronism here. It's kind of like you have all these ingredients. You have, you know, if you're familiar with paella, you, you have all this, you know, this arborio rice and these vegetables and these prawns and this chicken and you have chorizo de Bilbao. Mm, okay? And you have, you know, all these ingredients. Appreciating each individual part is pluralism. Jen lang kayo, okay? I respect you, you respect me. But the moment you start mixing them together and making your paella, that is syncretism. Because you're mixing all the different beliefs and all the different ideologies and all the different religions and now you've formed your own personal belief system. But if we're really serious about knowing who our Lord Jesus Christ is, then we should get rid of all these things and may Jesus Christ be the preeminent one. Amen. Come on, I'll give the Lord praise. Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By Him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones and rulers and authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. That's the God that we serve. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the God that I serve. That's the person who gave His life on the cross for me so that you and I can be cleansed and be holy before a judge who is holy. And we can all lift up our hands and be, you know, God can say to us, I now accept you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. How many of you appreciate that? Come on now. Can we just give the Lord praise? That is just my introduction. I haven't even read the text. (laughs) You know, this is just so rich. And if I would just bear to you our heart as pastors, we'd love for you to discover what really Christianity is all about. It's not about just going to church, playing religious games, and making a deal with God, Lord, I'll go to church, pero kailangan, i-bless mo ko, bless me. You know, we, we all have, yeah, God loves to bless you, but it's more than that. It's really more than that. Blessings are already here. It's here. We walk in the blessings of God. And so, my prayer is that we will all be open and that we will know the fullness of the will of God for our lives. So we can actually walk in constant victory 
every day. And so this is our desire. The serious objective is on September 18, which is the last day of this particular series. Ano ngayon? August. September 18, count seven weeks. Our people will have a greater perspective of the preeminence of the person of Christ and the completeness. Everybody say completeness. Walang kulang. Sobrang sapat. Completeness of the salvation He provides that will result to a living a life that is centered on Him. And so this will be our journey. Today, I'll just preach on the introduction. Introduction pa lang to, mga kapatid. Next week, we're going to be talking about the supremacy of Jesus. Week 3 and 4, what Jesus did for us on the cross so that you will understand how He redeemed us, how rotten we are or we were from the core, and what He did for us so that you and I can actually enjoy the inheritance that we have among the saints. Come on now! And weeks 5 and 7, how we should live for Jesus. So this is not just pure theology. This is also practical living. This is walking in the victory of Jesus. Can we all stand up right now? Let's read the text, Colossians chapter 1. This is basically the prayer of the Apostle Paul for the Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. I've written it here since it's the beginning of the series. And I would like to invite everyone to read this out loud so that you can verbalize the prayer of the Apostle Paul. Ready? From verse 9. 1, 2, 3. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity again to know who you are and to know, Lord, who your son Jesus is. I pray, God, for a spirit of illumination. Holy Spirit, teach us your ways and teach us your word. We open up our hearts to receive from you today. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Hey, how many of you are excited already? Fasten your seatbelts, okay? So this is a quick background of the Apostle Paul's letter to Colossae. We'll just breeze through this. Okay? The Apostle Paul, together with his son Timothy, were the ones who wrote this letter. So if you have a Bible, how many of you have a Bible? Okay? Just go and read your Bible. Okay? If you read chapter 1, verse 1, you'll see that Paul, you know, the Apostle of Christ, together with my son Timothy. So they're both acknowledging that they're the author, but somehow the scholars are saying that the writing reflects really the Apostle Paul's. And maybe Timothy was like the secretary of the Apostle Paul when he was writing this letter. Paul had received a report on the situation of Colossae by way of Epaphras. You'll see him in verse 7, I think. That the church was at the point of danger of compromise. Not yet compromising, but the compromise is just lurking at the gates. There's, in fact, they have good reports. It says here, good report on the church in Colossae, rejoicing in seeing your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. You know, when the Apostle Paul would actually write some rebuke or correction, there were certain churches that he corrected. For example, Corinthians. When he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, it was a, you know, a, a letter of correction. He was rebuking them 
for their immorality and for their you know lawsuits among the believers and so on and so forth. And so you know uh, he was writing a correction letter. He also wrote about correction on Galatians. He was correcting them because now that they have started in faith, you know, with the grace of God, they're going back to good works. And so you know he it was a correction. But for the Colossians, it's really more of an encouragement. The Apostle Paul was encouraged with the faith of Colossae or the Colossians. But yet, the subject matter in the episode strongly suggests that the church was facing danger. And this is what you call the Colossian heresy. Just very quickly, you don't have to write this all down. Okay, just backgrounder. Okay? So this heresy was a syncretism among the four elements of both pagan and Jewish religion or Jewish origin. So what I was saying earlier was you're mixing all the different uh, religion and you're putting them together and practicing them as, as if that's your, the true religion. And so they have philosophies of men which denies the all-sufficiency of Christ or yeah, uh, Judaistic ceremonialism, uh, capitalizing on ceremonialism, angel worship. You know, during that time, they were already worshiping angels until today. There are still some sects today or, or religious uh, groups that are still worshiping angels. Angels are not gods. They're also created beings just like you and me. Asceticism, which called for harsh treatment of the body as means to control its lust. And so people are saying, Eh, pastor, wala namang mawawala eh. Sigurista lang ako. Para lahat covered. Hello? Jesus na nga, covered na, tapos na yon. You don't have to add on to Jesus. He is everything that we need. Okay? So let's move on forward, okay? Really, our faith should be on Christ alone. Christianity is hinged on the belief that only through Christ can we be saved. Amen. Not by doing anything, not by good works, not by adding on to your faith. The basic belief that salvation is obtained only through the atoning work of Christ alone. Everybody say, Christ alone. alone. He is the only one who can pay the penalty of our sins. He is the only one who can cleanse us. He's the only one who can forgive us. Apart from individual works, it's not because you went to church every day, that's why you're saved. It's not because you give money to the offering, that's why you're saved. Christ is the only mediator between God and man. And we see this in the scripture. Acts chapter 4, let's just go straight to verse 12. It says there, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And who is that name? Jesus. There's only one name. Not Buddha, not Allah, you know, not the, the Son of God in Davao. There's only one name by which we can be saved. And His name is Jesus. He Himself said, and this is a red letter word in your Bible, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to master the gospel. Sometimes, you know, all we know about the gospel is um, good news. Ano nga yung good news? Basta good news. I hope that we were able to really eloquently say what the gospel is all about. You know, Dr. Rice Brooks, the co-founder of Victory, wrote this succinct statement about the gospel. And he said, the gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place. 
After three days, he rose again from the dead, or he rose from the dead, proving that he is the Son of God and offering the gift of salvation to anyone who repents and believes in him. Where does the work here come in? Nothing. There's nothing that we can do to help us deserve the grace and the forgiveness of God. It's only by believing in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And guess what? This is not just a myth that happened in the past, written by someone. This is historical fact. Jesus indeed came here on earth 2,000 years. And so I hope that we will all appreciate the fact that as Christians, we have a rich history of belief. And I want us all to enjoy you know, what we're believing. A faulty view of Christ will lead to a broken and damaged Christian living. If you have a false view of who Jesus is, guess what? The way you live your life as a Christian will also have faults and brokenness. That's why we have to be firm and certain on what we believe. And so, three things that the Apostle Paul prayed on behalf of the Colossians. And we're going to go through that very quickly. Number one is he prayed for fullness. Everybody say fullness. And I used to be in a fullness. Puno. Umaapaw. Right? In verse 9, And so from the day we have heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be what? Filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What the Apostle Paul is saying is, not only should you experience the goodness of God, but my prayer is that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now, how many of you desire to know what God's will is for your life? We want God's will. The Bible says His will for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. Nothing like it. The will of God for you is better than your will for yourself. Because many times, we have a will for ourselves. I want to be this, or I want to marry her, or I want to marry him, or something like that. If it's our will, or I want to work abroad, or I want to do this for my life. But what is God's will? The Apostle Paul is asking, Lord, fill them up with your will. And not only, you know, this is not the will that you get from Google, or from the internet, but this is a will that is full of wisdom and understanding. It's spiritually discerned. You know, this actually, you know, this fullness comes from the idea of a ship ready for voyage. How many of you realize that Christianity is a journey? Christianity is a walk. You know, when we got saved, I realized I got saved 30 years ago. 1986. July 25, 1986 was my day of salvation. And when I got saved, from day one, you know, it was Pastor Steve who said to me and some of my leaders, you know, life is a journey. Christianity is a walk. And you're journeying not only by yourself but with other people. And the best picture that we can actually have for this is a ship ready for voyage. That, you know, in Christianity, what the Apostle Paul is describing is, you know, God has given us everything that we need. We're already full. The moment that Jesus went to the cross and had victory, 
And we, we're seeing the song, It is finished, it is finished, tetelestai. It's done. The debt has been paid. You know, the blessing is here. We can actually just walk in it. The picture that we have is really a ship ready for a voyage. You know, as we were researching, the biggest cruise ship in the world is called the Oasis of the Sea. Okay? That's the biggest cruise ship ever designed, ever built. Okay? I think it's owned by the Royal Caribbean. Okay? And, um, you know, the believer in Christ will have everything that we need in this journey called Christianity, this journey called life. In fact, it is so big that it is five times bigger than the Titanic. It is bigger than U.S. Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier. Can you imagine the massive size of this cruise ship? But this is not a battleship. This is actually a vacation ship. The reason why it's called Oasis of the Sea is because when you're in it, you don't want to get out anymore. You can live in it. You know, guess what? It's 330 meters long, 16 decks high, 73 meters wide, 221,000 gross tons. Not two tons, 225,000 tons, tonelada. Alam niyo ba Hindi ko alam. Pero mabigat. <laughs> and guess what? The gross tons here is describing just the content of the boat. What's inside the boat? It can carry 8,460 passengers at the same time. You know what's inside? There's a zip line. There's an ice skating rink. There's four swimming pools. There's duty-free shops. There's even a central park. Can you imagine? There's a casino, there's shop, there's Broadway musical theater, and so on and so forth. Everything you need for the voyage is there. How many of you would like to pray for that someday? Lord, sakay mo ako dyan. You know, I remember the story of this particular guy was really saving up for his grand voyage, transatlantic. He wanted to visit Paris, France from North America. And so what he did was he saved up for many, many years. And finally, he bought a ticket in a cruise ship who would go from North America to Paris. And so he was so excited. He packed his bags with some food in his bag. And he said, wow, the vacation of a lifetime. So he finally went inside the cabin. And you know what? He just stayed there. You know, Normally during that time, it was, I think, a two-week journey. From, you know, from America to Paris, France. And so, he would just stay in his room. He would eat crackers and cheese every single day. And so, people were wondering, is he sick? Is he on a diet? You know, because they don't see him in the mess hall. They don't see him in the dining area. They don't see him in the entertainment recreation center. He was just there in the room every day. And the last two days of the voyage, finally, one of the other roommates or, or from the other cabin knocked on his door and he said, are you okay? Because, you know, we don't see you out there. We, you, we don't see you in the mess hall. We don't see you, you know, partying with us because he would always hear the loud noise from the cabin. And so he would just imagine, wow, maybe they're having a great time, but I'm just okay here. And then finally he said, you know what? I saved so many, so much for the past years and you know, I can't afford anymore to save for the food, you know, in the cabin. 
and I, could, I cannot afford to save uh, to buy the, the buffet. And the, the other guys from the other room said, you don't have to pay anything. <laughs> the fact that you bought your ticket, it includes everything in this boat. You can eat anything as much as you want. You can drink anything. You can play. You can go to the bowling area. You can swim. You know, really? <laughs> and this guy realized, we're docking tomorrow. <laughs> Do you think he can eat everything that he lost for the past two weeks? <laughs> Unfortunately, many Christians live life like that. We stay in our own cabins. And yet there is a whole ship that God has prepared for us that is so complete in all the amenities and everything we need to live life and godliness and victory and all the blessing and all the favor of God is there and we're not doing it because we thought that Christianity is just in my little cabin. Okay na ako, Lord, dito sa chips ko at saka sa cheese at saka crackers. Guess what? God doesn't want us to suffer like that. God wants us to enjoy what He has given to us through Christ in the first place. Amen. It's there for the taking. And yet many choose to live defeated lives. Dito na lang ako. We choose to live limited lives because we don't know the will of God. The Apostle Paul Pray this. I pray, God, that you would fill them up with your will, with spiritual understanding and knowledge. And how do we find the will of God? Through His written word, of course. And He was crying out, Lord, may they know who you are. And we see this in John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. It's about knowledge of the Son of God. And what He has given to us. You know, can you imagine? You'll probably beat your head if you find out, the Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. What does that mean? And many times, we just let the devil treat us like a punching bag or like a doormat. Hello? God wants us to be victorious here on earth. This earth is our inheritance as well. God wants us to rule and reign here on earth. This is the book of the Colossians. And God wants us to realize what Jesus Christ has given to us because of His sacrifice on that cross. To be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now once again, how many of you have a Bible? Please raise your hand. Great, okay? Some of you. Yung iba nahihiya parang. Yung Gideon's ba? Bible? Yeah, Bible yun. Pero kung kinuha mo sa hotel yun, medyo iba yun, okay? Stealing yun, okay? You know, let me encourage you, buy the most expensive Bible that you can afford. Because you know what? If you bought it, chances are you will read it. Kasi nag-invest, you know, when I was a newly born, again, Christian, when I was a new Christian, I think uh, two months after I got saved, 1986, I bought the most expensive Bible that I can afford. A leather-bound, Thompson-chain reference NIV Bible. It's a thick Bible. I remember 
spending my allowance for that. As a student, because I was still a student then. But yet, because I paid for it, I opened it, and I devoured it. Kailangan sulit ka. Kailangan basahin kita. Ano ba meron dito? So I started reading the word. I devoured it. Sad to say, many times our Bible looked like this. Basahin niyo naman ako. Pansinin niyo naman po ako. Read me. Because we cannot know the will of God apart from the written word of God. How can you know the inheritance that you have in Christ if you don't even open the word? And if you don't read it, wow, you're missing out a lot. In Timothy, it says, All scripture is breathed out or God breathed by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be what? Complete. So that you and I may be complete, equipped for every good work. In the book of uh, John, it says, The words I have spoken to you, their spirit and life. When you read the Bible, it's not just empty words. These are not just white pages with letters on them. There's power in the Word. Amen. It's spirit in this book. There's spirit and life when you read it. Sometimes what we do with our Bible is we play the Russian roulette. Lord, anong babasahin ko ngayon? Open the Bible. Mm. Gagawin ko ngayon. Judas hang himself. Ayoko yan, Lord. Kau talaga, mapagbiro ka naman. Isa pa, isa pa, isa pa. Oh. Go do likewise. Yeah! Di ba? Parang, wow. There has to be a more systematic way of us reading the Bible. Amen. Open the Word. Read one chapter a day. At least. And enjoy what life has to offer. We only understand the will of God through the Word of God. You can never get the will of God. Lord, That's the reason why people go to horoscope. Just go to the Bible and discover what God has for us. Second prayer is fruitfulness. Everybody say fruitfulness. And this is part of the prayer of Paul to the Colossians. He said in verse 10, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit, in every good work. Wow! That's the destiny of God for us, to be fruitful, not just to be filled with knowledge, because knowledge puffs up. Pagka masyadong marami kang alam at wala kang ginagawa, ang tawag doon, ano? Ewan. Okay? <laughs> Mayabang. You think you know everything, and yet you don't do anything. Increasing in the knowledge of God. This describes our walk as Christians and as believers. We need to live out Christianity more than just knowing Christianity. That's why a part of this series is practical living. You know, we manifest our life. People have to know that you're Christians. And this is not just about good works. We know this, that we're not saved through good works, but we are destined to do good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, or this is not through good works. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Now, people stop in verse 9, but wait, there's more. In verse 10, it says, 
For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works. We were created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. We are to bear fruit. Pastor, hirap naman ng fruit eh. You know, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you have the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, especially the last one, self-control. Sino dito may self-control? It's so hard, Pastor. We don't manufacture the fruit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Have you ever seen a mango tree bearing fruit na para pagka magabunga, umiire? You know, I have not seen a mango tree shaking, you know, the, the, you know, in order for him to have fruits. Because if you're so full of life, and if life is overflowing, guess what? Fruit is just so natural. Amen. You will bear fruit. Amen? Come on, give the Lord praise. You will bear fruit. If you are so full of God, you will bear fruit in your business. You will bear fruit in your marriage. You will bear fruit in your children. You will bear fruit in your relationships. You will bear fruit even, you know, the, the, the view of things, the mindsets and the worldview. Wow! We appreciate the good things that God has given to us. God designed us to bear fruit. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, God designed us not just to accumulate knowledge, but God wants us practicing our faith. You know, yesterday when we were in the couple's getaway, I was, I was so touched just looking at this picture. You know, couples really took the time to invest, to go out there and make their marriages work, to strengthen one another. Of course, wala silang choice. Pag pinagawa namin, mag-akapang kayo, akap naman sila. Because they were in the moment. But you know, I told them as an ending session, you know what? God did not just design us to have happy marriages. Ultimately, God wants us to have holy marriages. It's not just about your happiness. Ultimately, when you talk about marriage, marriage is just a minor theme in the Bible. The major theme is God Himself. And God designs marriage as a tool so that we can actually reach out and be a model for other people so that they can know more about Christ. And that's why we strengthen our marriage. That's why we fix our problems in our marriage. Not just an end in itself, but it's a tool or a vehicle so that other people may know, wow, what do you have that I don't have? But ang patient mo sa asawa mo, mas sinaganyan na itsura. Kasi si Lord. Diba? You know, and God is working in us, and because of that, we can actually say, indeed, Jesus is preeminent even in my marriage. Good words are not without good works. It's just about being filled with the knowledge of His will. We have to work it out. We are saved to do good works. God wants your life to bear fruit. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, be fruitful and multiply. Sinabi niyo kay Adam and Eve, okay? We're called to be fruitful. And I believe that that will be natural 
if you have the Word of God inside of you. Psalm 1.1, you know, just write this down. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or sit in the seat of mockers, or stand in the way of sinners. But his delight is on the Word of God, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season. Whatever he does prospers. Amen? You know, God will make you fruitful if you continually and constantly meditate on the Word of God. My last point is this. We're preparing to close. It's faithfulness. Being filled or fullness of the knowledge of God. Fruitfulness in our life, the way we live, our marriages, our business. God wants to use you as a businessman and He wants you to reflect Christ even in the way you do business. And now he's asking us to be faithful till the very end. And Paul continued to write in his prayer, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. This Christianity is a long walk. The longest run that I actually did was 21K. And my prayer is that someday I'll be able to run the 42K, the full marathon. But at 21K, it's a struggle, eh? Struggle. On the 18th kilometer, I am cramping already. And you know, I, my, my walk is like that already. You know, I, I wanted to finish. And this is hard already. But yet, endurance and patience until the very end. Because I know that God has given me power to do that. And Christianity is kind of like that. We are to be faithful as we finish the race. Because God deposited power in us. You know, and this word power comes from two Greek words. Dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. Dunamis is actually inherent power. Or this is where we get the word dynamite. Dunamis. This is the power that is deposited in us by the Holy Spirit. And another power that this is actually referring to is the kratos. K-R-A-T-O-S. Kratos meaning manifested power or power put into action. Don't just let the power stay there. Use the power of God to finish this race strong. Amen. You know, this morning I was driving towards Akasha. And from our house, I took MCX. And then I turned left on SLEX. It's one exit away from Philinvest. And as we were trotting SLEX, I saw two cars kind of like racing. I saw a Ferrari red and a yellow Porsche. And I said, wow. And my, my wife saw this and I said, you know what? I think they belong to a club because every Sunday, I noticed that they actually ply through, I think starting from Startall until uh, the top of Skyway, just in order for them to flex the muscle of the engine of the car. Can you imagine the power under that hood? 600 horsepower under the Ferrari. I don't know what that means. But anyway, <laughs> it sounds nice. It sounds strong. And so if you own a Ferrari, you would like to experience, I've got the power. You know, something, you, know you want to experience the power. But can you imagine, what if you experience the traffic? Here you, here's a car, you know, 
And we found this. It's a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, and a Porsche stuck before flocks of goats or sheep. And you have this, and you know you can't even floor the gasoline because there's something in front of you. And sometimes we're kind of like that. There's so much power under our hood, but there's so much in front of us. So many impediments, so many problems. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sometimes there are things of the world that are in front of us. Sometimes there's sin in front of us. The Bible says, throw it off. Everybody say, throw it off. You know, and do not let any sin entangle us. And let us run the race with perseverance because, you know, God has deposited the power inside of us. Amen? Amen. He wants us to finish strong. And our prayer really is that we will all have a greater appreciation of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's really the book of Colossians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that we are all work in progress? Sabi mo sa katabi mo, tatapusin ka rin ni Lord. Okay? Lahat tayo. Tatapusin tayo. God's gonna complete us. It doesn't sound right. In Tagalog, right? But I wanna end with this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus. And that's the next verse. The founder and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There was one man who endured and who was patient to go through the cross, the most painful way to die on that, on, during that time, the most excruciating, painful death that any man could ever go through. Jesus endured that cross because there was something ahead of that cross that he saw. And he said this, for the joy that was set before him. Who is that joy that he sees beyond the cross? Guess what? As he was hanging there on that cross 2,000 years ago, enduring the pain, I believe he saw us. He saw you. He saw your face. He saw my face. And he said to the Father, It is worth it. It is worth it. Because the reward is greater than the suffering that I am enduring. How many of you know that even if sometimes in life we go through painful suffering and painful trial and difficulties, it's still worth it? Because of the reward that is set before us, ultimately we will be with Christ someday. Amen. Come on now. We have Him. He is preeminent. He is worthy of all our you know, worship and our praise. He's worthy of our lives. And I believe that God wants us to have this, really this thing called grace. Grace is not something that is felt. It's, it's a way of life. We started with grace when He saved us. 
we walk this life by grace and we will finish the race by grace and who is that grace he is Jesus it's not just a formula it's a person that gave himself for us Jesus is above all is all in all there is nothing more nothing less that we need he is supreme amen can we all stand up right now can we give the Lord once again a clap offering